0: Welcome back to the Women of Marvel Podcast, where the women of Marvel assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. I'm Adri Cowan. I am the social media manager.
1: I'm Judy Stevens. I'm producer. I'm Emily Shaw. I'm the assistant editor. And today we're starting off uh, with one of our many uh, female uh, artists who are doing the variant cover program for the Women's History Month this month in March. And we're really excited to have Janet Lee on the phone with us. Hi
2: everybody so janet talk to us a little bit about the style you did for rocket because we talked when we were going back and forth we ran over a couple a couple of different options and i believe you used your cut paper style for this cover right i
3: did that's correct so can you explain yeah, a little like, bit I'm, I'm, of, sorry, yeah go ahead. go ahead
2: no i'm sorry i just talked over you um can you explain a little bit about how that works what do you do sure
3: um well you know when i when i started doing Comics. I, I started out with a, a comic book done all in decoupage, Return of the Dapper Dapper Men, and I sort of adapted that style a little bit. Um, instead of it's, cut paper is, is basically everything I do for decoupage, except um, it gets glued down differently. <laughs> so um, basically, I illustrate different layers um, and then cut them out and glue them down to, to sort of give it a little bit of a 3D effect.
2: Yeah, it looks amazing. I mean, the, the amount of detail that you have on Rockets rendering, it looks like real fur. It's insane. I mean, like, there must be like a billion brush strokes there. How long did it take you to do that?
3: Oh, it um, it probably took me a couple of days just to do the fur. But the fur is so fun. It's kind of like meditating. You just sort of get lost in drawing the fur. It's fun.
0: <laughs> I love that was my favorite part. You could see the detail, it's so delicate, and it's the first time that I've seen Rocket portrayed that way, like so artistically. I wanted to immediately frame it.
3: <laughs> well, thank you. It was <laughs> fun to do, and I, uh, I Rocket is one of my favorite characters, so I loved the opportunity to do it.
2: Well, and it's great that you got to draw an animal, because we were just talking about this before the interview started. Janet is a huge animal lover, and her house is full of of furry creatures all the time, so I'm sure you have a lot of first-hand knowledge of what, like, the fur fur rocket was supposed to look like.
3: I do. I have a lot of live subjects to, um, to look at fur <laughs> with, so yeah, we've got, um, we end up rescuing animals all the time, so we've ended up Two dogs and three cats at this point, and in, in fact, um, when when I was finishing up the the rocket cover, and um, Emily knew firsthand that I was um, we were just at the point of taking in another cat that had been dropped on our doorstep.
0: I just picture all your originals have large like, like fur all over it, because my home is covered. I have one cat, and you have all these animals. They must all get oh. stuck in the glue. <laughs> I
3: know, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, in fact, um, between that and a and case, especially with, with decoupage with the glue, when you're using a paintbrush, um, you'll sometimes end up with little paintbrush. It, it's why you have to buy more expensive paintbrushes for it, honestly. Otherwise, you end up with little bristles in it, and then it looks that in there with the, the fur. I don't know. I, I call it serendipity. It's, it's my... Um, it's my organic matter that ends up being in the artwork, right? You're supposed to do that. Isn't that, is that like
0: Jackson Pollock? <laughs> Shows his cigarettes in
2: there. <laughs> exactly. Hair, blood, I don't know. A
3: little, little fur. Why not? We'll throw it in. I
2: imagine that, like, the real, the original rocket variant that you did for us is just, like, actually fur, and you yes. can just pet it, and it's this whole, like, sensory experience. <laughs> that would be awesome. I should
3: probably do that at some point. We, um... I think somebody at some point maybe needs to do one with like you know little little fur hair punched in. I, maybe I've been watching too much. Um, Face off or
2: something. I feel like it's up there with scratch and sniff covers. Definitely, we'll have like fur variants. Everything will be covered mm-hmm. in uh, fur. I mean,
1: they used to. They used yeah. to be those books that had like the furry parts, and I remember like just sitting there when I was a child, just petting them. Pat exactly. the bunny. Exactly. Pat the bunny.
3: Yeah.
2: Next big thing, next thing for Marvel will be like the Pat <laughs> the Bunny variant covers featuring Janet Lee and all animals. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I want permission on yes. Like a Willy Wonka thing where
3: you can reach through the television oh my on the God.
2: screen and pet the animal. I don't know. If keep going, this is They're great. It sounds like that David Gabriel would be all about this, I'm sure. He'll want to spend all of the money doing these covers. Um, well, let's take a second because, Janet, you have kind of a non-traditional story about how you got into art and into comics. Can you talk a little bit about sort of like what got you started?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like to describe myself as, as like the Lana Turner of comics. That doesn't age me too much because I feel like I was sort of... Found in a soda shop somewhere. <laughs> um, I uh, had had been working for a while as a, as a buyer at a book wholesale company, and lovely people. I, I, and I met a bunch of people in comics. Um, one of my very dear friends, Jim McCann, uh, went to work for Marvel for a while. But at the you know starting out, he was working with me at the same job, so you, you sort of meet a bunch of people. And uh, I. Um, had gotten promoted, was working in another position, had started doing art around town and had started taking some gallery shows um, outside of the state, but um, had always wanted to do illustration work and just had never gotten around to it. And Jim, um, who knew my artwork, uh, came up with a story idea called Return of the Dapper Men that was um, based on three pieces of artwork that he saw after I had been taking down gallery shows one Christmas, and um, wrote a story around it, sent me a note, and said, hey, do you want to make a graphic novel? And um, Jim being Jim managed to sell it almost immediately uh, to RKF, and we ended up um, writing a graphic novel that won an Eisner, so it was, it was kind of crazy.
2: That's a completely, like, a fairy tale comic book story, right? Like, oh, I'm just, like, doing art for myself, sitting at home.
3: Oh, I'll just do an Eisner award-winning book. No big deal. That doesn't happen. First (laughs) try. No pressure for the follow-up either at that point, really. (laughs) (laughs) How
1: long did Dapperman take you? I mean, obviously, your process is very time-consuming, and that's, like, a a multi-page book.
3: It is. It was a 100-page book, and I was working a -a 50-hour-a-week job at the time while I was doing it. So, um... It probably took about nine months to get the whole thing done. Um, but, yeah, and, and I ended up, because it, it's done in decoupage, it's all the cut paper, but these are glued onto painted wood boards. So by the end of it, I had 100 painted wood boards. So pretty much my living room was covered. It was It was pretty crazy. Oh my gosh,
2: what did you do with all those originals? I want to see one now. I want, like... <laughs> Selfishly, I would like to buy one from you now because I had no idea that it was done on wood, actually. I knew you did some wood
3: stuff on I'll wood. I'll split
0: but... one with you. Yeah, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I actually have sold almost all of the Return of the Dapperman pages, but Jim and I are chugging are towards doing the sequel. Um, it's been a long time. People have been waiting for it, but I've actually got 20 pages done for the sequel, and we're um, we're figuring everything out at this point, so there will be more later. And I can show them to you. I've still got a couple of pages that I kept for myself. Like uh, There was one of some yin-yang birds. I still have that one and stuff like that. So I can completely show them to you. I have these.
2: Yes, and for those of you listening who cannot actually see the art, you should definitely Google Return of the Dapper Man and then purchase it, because it is gorgeous. It's unbelievable. And to do a little plug for Janet's work here at Marvel, she just did an absolutely stunning chapter for me for Once Upon a Time, and it takes place in Wonderland, so you get a little bit of that dapper man goodness, and it's just just so gorgeous. Janet just did an incredible job.
3: Thank you. It was so exciting. Wonderland, also Wonderland, I honestly, well, probably get myself in trouble, but I don't think you can fully trust someone who doesn't like Alice in Wonderland, at least a little bit. You know, you don't have to love it, but you have to at least like it a little bit. So it was a dream
2: come true getting to do that segment. I I totally agree. I think that people who don't like Alice in Wonderland should go jump in a hole, is what I like (laughs) to say. That's my... my
0: Oh, I get it. I I think it means (laughs) you have a little crazy in you. Like, you're you're just crazy enough to appreciate it.
1: Well, I, I feel like who you are is told by the type of person that you, like, the, the character that you love. Like, do you love the Mad Hatter? Do you mm-hmm. love Alice? Do you love the Caterpillar? <laughs> like, I feel like each one of those characters is such a uh, an iconic thing that also tells who we are as, like, a
3: personality. Agreed. It's true. It's almost like a Tordian a thing a little bit. You totally. can tell a lot about the personality by who you're
2: like. <laughs> so, on that token, Janet, who are you? Which one of the Alice in <laughs> oh, Wonderland yeah, characters? It's
3: hard. Um... Probably a little bit Mad Hatter and a
2: little bit Cheshire Cat. Ooh. I can totally see that.
3: Yeah,
1: I see the Mad Hatter in obviously in your uh, intense detail in your artwork
0: because you have to be mad to put that much, yes. <laughs> put well, that much
3: time. I just had to call and tell somebody apologize for for taking a full day on a panel because um, it was. But it's it's like a show for at a trade show that's supposed to be in this panel. And I go a little crazy with the detail, but it's so much fun. And it's even more fun when it's something like wonderland. You know, how can you not do an entire giant forest of mushrooms? How can you not go there? How can you not do that?
2: I know it's incredible. I just like you look at one of Janice's pieces and you just imagine all of the time and all the love it takes to just put in all of the detail and all of the backgrounds and think through everything it's just it's definitely a singular experience
3: i don't think well and then there's also the fact that i just have have never really warmed up to the idea of doing things digitally so i end up doing so much of it physically that maybe it's a little insane i don't know yeah i think
2: you're one of the last artists or one actually the only artist i've ever personally worked with but one of the few artists at marvel who actually hand color their interior pages like not just a cover Like, all of the interior pages done by hand, like, that is truly a lost art, I feel. I mean, because so much of our stuff is done digitally, and then if we ask you to change something, you can't just click a button and change it. It's a whole process. This is something we learned the hard way.
0: It's different if you're doing a weekly book, too, um, to have to get that in, like, every week, like, on time. It it doesn't even allow you to really pay attention to those kinds of details. Mm -hmm. But still, I see some of the artists just killing
3: it with that. I don't know. I mean I think I think it's the same process. I, I mean Chris Chris Sodemeyer and I have talked quite a bit about sort of how he approaches pages. And and I think those people that are doing digital coloring are of course approaching it from sort of a painterly way. We're all coming from the same direction. Um it's just it's just once you figure it out it's it's more forgiving, I think, when you do it digitally. And of course there's shortcuts and effects you can do, but on, on the flip side, especially for a lot of the stuff I like to do with the cut paper, yes, you can replicate the effect, and you can, you can replicate the effect digitally, absolutely, but it almost takes so much more time to do it that I'd rather just go ahead and do it physically and glue it down, and, I'm done. and I know that makes no sense at all, but it's, it's almost a speed thing in some ways.
1: Well, you're clearly, you've been doing this for so many years now that it's, it's faster for you to do the process you've done, been doing instead of relearning a new process.
3: It is. And I think sometimes, too, you end up with, I, I, this is crazy, but one of the things I think we lose sometimes with the convenience of, of the digital is there's a bit of a serendipity to the art. And maybe it's just me coming from a gallery background, but I like little mistakes sometimes. I, I like what grows out of small mistakes. Um, you you might not have tried something if you hadn't made a small error and now suddenly you've got something wonderful.
1: I'm wondering, how did you sort of come into decoupage? I mean, it's a very specific type of art form.
3: I was raised by hippies, basically, and my mom (laughs) always used to like, to. um, she didn't like for us to buy presents for people. So I was into all of that. I did cross-stitch, I did decoupage, I did quilling, for heaven's sake. Which is really obscure, and um, yeah. So I, as a kid, would decoupage things, and um, when I started doing gallery work, I was I was doing oil painting. Um, but I'm not really a painter. I'm much more of a draftsman. I'm much more of a drawer. I like um, I like drawing more than I like painting, and I like hand coloring um, more. You know, I, I like to use watercolor, but. It's the drawing that really gets me excited. So um, at a certain point in doing gallery shows, I got this crazy idea to start doing decoupage and that's what really took off for me. So when I got hired, when we were hired to do Return of the Dapper Men, um, they told me to do what I had been doing before to just replicate what I Because we didn't have any artwork to show them honestly. You have to understand that when Jim managed to sell this story, <laughs> he had um the idea of a script and some prints that I had done for various gallery shows. No no finished pages. I had not done any sequentials to show anyone arcade yeah. or just you know I, I at this point I don't know I don't know why they trusted me enough to do it. Honestly, but thank goodness they did. And um So they told me to just do what I'd always done and not knowing any better, I said, decoupage comic book, let's do it. And now I actually like it better in some
1: ways. Well, it's refreshing having an artist like you doing something a little different in this community. It's uh, it's a little different art style. I think it's really what is about the the modern comic
3: industry. Well, thanks. You know, um, know, I, I think there is a little bit of, a love of the homemade now, I, I think so much stuff is, um, is done in, in, in a virtual realm that um, people tend to be a little surprised when something's done in an old fashioned way and, um, you know, it, it's just, it's something different, so it, it really sort of um, challenges people in a different way.
0: Janet, where can people go to check out some of your work online?
3: Absolutely, I've got a, um, a website uh, www.j-k-lee.com, which is absolutely terrible name, but um, there you go. I also have an Etsy store at jklee.com, or it's Etsy Jklee is the uh, the store name, and I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm all over the place. So, ooh,
0: what's your Facebook Twitter handle? That?
3: Twitter handle, that's good Um, at Janet underscore K underscore Lee I have the most common name in the world
0: Love it, we're all going to follow you
3: Yeah, (laughs) perfect
1: Well thanks for joining us, thanks for talking Dick with
3: us, it was amazing Thank you, and thanks for having me Thanks for the opportunity to draw Rockets
1: Yay, well everyone, make sure you guys tune in for the rest of the month We're going to have tons more interviews with all the Women of Marvel variant cover creators Um, and uh, we'll check you guys later This is Marvel, your universe.